when you look down on yourself and you think you don't matter you will never become a matter to be considered you think you don't matter why would anybody be interested in your matter I see that that plant will be sitting by your side but it's when you shake it then you know what is inside so you are full of matter you should be able to shake yourself and let it come out glory to God how sweet the name of Jesus sounds Do you have it there? Yeah, allow Pastor Annie to come and sing that one. Take note of the, the words over there, very powerful. This is one powerful song that you should learn to sing. Amen. Very, very powerful.
God bless you. Pastor Annie, God bless you. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. The, the teaching this morning is a response to a question that was sent to me. Following the at the Thursday teaching, somebody sent me a question. It was a question that was full of matter. And um, I was telling pastor that even after teaching on Thursday, I knew that the work was not complete. And I knew that many people would go home with certain things in their minds. So as soon as I got that message, I decided that I will, I will come and give a little explanation and answer. That is the teaching we are doing this morning. Um, we are not in haste going somewhere. We are in haste lifting you to where God wants you to be. 
So if we teach one and it's not understood, why teach two? Praise God. So that's why we are here this morning. Um, we'll take our time to do things. If we don't finish, we'll continue. There's so much to know. So little time at hand. There's so much to do and so little time at hand. So we must move with all seriousness. Hallelujah. And so the spirit of the living God, we depend on you for understanding. Release understanding. Release understanding. Release understanding. Amen. Please sit down. Praise God. On Thursday, we, we talked briefly about praying to the Father through Christ and the course of the teaching, I emphasized the issue of praying through Christ. And then the question that the fellow asked, among other things, questioned, questioned, the question, questioned the role of Jesus. So does Jesus not have any part in answers that we receive in our prayer life just for him to be a channel uh, it, it gave me a lot of worry worry in the sense that if it were to be a teaching I did somewhere and people went away without understanding what would happen but thank God that we are here God is good and all the time chapter 16 of John's gospel verse 23 and 24 is it there let's read this together Can we now read together? In that day, which day is that? Which day? Today. And in that day, he was speaking before his death. And resurrection and he was talking to them and he was present with them and now he was letting them know that a time was going to come when you would not be there with them and this is the day amen as soon as he ascended he was no longer physically with them on this earth he said in that day so that day is still our day yes 
He said, and in that day you will ask me nothing. Most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. You will ask nothing. The teaching and the question that came has provoked so many things that will take time to gradually unravel um, for better understanding. Amen. You must be a Berean um, Christian. You don't just take things. You, you probe. You do what? Uh, probing does not mean you analyze God. But your mind is too small, too fragile to analyze God. You can't understand him until he reveals to you. Amen. Right. So the standard that Jesus Christ left for us was this. Whatever you ask the Father, it shall be done in my name. Now, when the, I got that message, the test, the initial thoughts, the provocations that came in, I just want to read them raw to you first. I said the authority of the name of Jesus is one thing to look at. The power of that name to look at. The exalted name that affects heaven, earth, and hell. Look at. References to the name in prayer is, a, is, is touching on the redemptive work Jesus did. And the assurance we have in prayer is the finished work of Jesus. Without that, we would not talk of access to the throne room of God. We acknowledge and exalt God for the work he did through Christ. We honor the Trinity in Christ. In the name, in the name is very deep and comprehensive. It is not just the ticket for an errand, an errand bearer. Rather, it is the key as well as the power to take and possess. It is the power of attorney that was left for us. The name is an appeal to the supreme obedience, the effects of his vicarious death, the victory over sin and the devil and his cohorts, glory of God the Father, the love and providence of God. Those were the thoughts that came and that is why they are in this book because that was what was available to me and I wrote those things down now to go and read. Now the issue is that this thing that I've just read to you will shoot out certain topics that the resident partner and myself just looked at briefly in the, in the morning as soon as I, I came in to see when we can do some justice to some of those issues. The issue of the Trinity, the issue of the interplay of their various roles, and so on and so forth. We want to look at those things for better understanding. But for today, whatever comes to you, just take it. Amen. Are you, are you there? Are you there? 
I'm waiting for a day when I will be sitting by my television and then I will see you vibrating and, 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 and blessing millions of people on the telly with another power of God and speaking the truth and not lies. Amen. That becomes an encouragement for us, a consolation that all is not lost. Amen. I listened briefly to Prophet Odro this morning and uh, he said some things very interesting but my mind was not on, on the message. You will see, I was, my mind was on what I was coming to talk about. You know, but I heard some things that he said. Christians, 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 many of us have become very docile. 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 We just come to church and sit down and one man who claims to have been called by God will talk. When he's done, we go away. Forget it. We'll be here next Sunday. He will still come and talk. And then we will go and come back the next Sunday. He will still come and talk. So it doesn't matter what he's saying. God is on our side. That is the consideration they have. No matter what they are talking about, God cannot kill his own. He won't kill you. We care about so many things except God. We worship our pastors much more than we worship God. Daddy, Papa, Papa, my Papa said, not God said, he said, let's challenge everybody in this place now. Just give us, quote four scriptures, just four. And we'll see what will happen. But we'll remember everything Papa said. This is not to slight our leaders. No. But first things what? First. You should make God number one. His word number one. Your pastor is there to give meaning to the word. To let you understand what God is saying. Your pastor is not bringing a new thing that God never said. And so if you don't know God and you don't know his word. Whatever anybody tells you. That's what you are going with. I've mentioned here before. I don't know how it happened. But a man talking about Naaman's encounter with uh, prophet um, Elisha claims that when Eli, um, Naaman was hesitant, he didn't want to comply with what directive that came, he, he, a small girl, the slave girl, now advised him that uh, my master, if he had asked you to do something more serious than this, he would have done so. But that slave girl was not there. She finished her assignment in the house. But because somebody of a higher standing made that statement, the pastors under him kept on making the same statement. That is why we want you to put God first. If I say something that you find out to be wrong, come and tell me it is wrong. Go to a resident pastor, go to another pastor and say, this thing that you said, I checked one scripture and I didn't understand. Maybe there's a conflict. And then he will be able to tell you. And all of them who are here. 
if they are they've made a mistake they will tell you it was a mistake otherwise they don't belong to this 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 commission at all they will tell you they must tell you that they made a mistake because i will tell you that i made a mistake we don't want you to focus on us focus on god and now see us as the instruments of god in the midst of his own people helping them to understand the details of heaven hello are you there i did not say go and disrespect anybody disrespecting people means you don't know god do you understand you disrespect your pastor it means you don't know god So when we are talking, don't just pick what you want and go and misrepresent us where you go. Praise God. I'm not saying you have done it, but if you have the tendency of doing it, then you cure it before it happens. Praise God. Amen. Right. Now Jesus was making, trying to teach them the way to go. He was talking about prayer. He had been talking about prayer. He had been praying. They saw him pray. Now the reason why at a point they asked him, teach us to pray. They had come from a tradition into something new. Jesus came to present a new way. What he had in the Old Testament was a different matter by what he came to do. So teach us to pray according to that which you are talking about here. And he gave them a model to follow. And even those of us who say we are Christians, we, what they didn't understand, we also have refused to understand. Because we have hindsight. They didn't have Bible with them. But we have. So we should be able to study and know what Jesus was talking about. Will you now every time you go, Father who art in heaven, I love you, your name, in the morning, afternoon, evening, one in the morning, two in the afternoon, five in the evening, and one before you sleep. That is not what he was trying to do. He was trying to show us the ingredients that should not be missed out of a prayer life. One day, we will look at it. One day. And it can be any day. He was a very prayerful person. There's something I like about his prayer life. After a meeting of this nature. And people are blessed. He goes to hide somewhere to pray. But. In our present generation. After signs and wonders we now go to sit down for signs and wonders after the signs and wonders that the Holy Ghost wrought we now go to sit down to receive the signs and wonders that are coming from men and that's very, very important to us so at that point when God speaks we can't even hear but I see a prayer life is to sharpen your spiritual antenna to hear God at all times. If you don't understand, go to Philip and ask him questions. He must have been a very stupid person. After such great crusade and people were coming to appreciate him with diverse kinds of gifts, 
And then you now get up and say, a voice told me that I should go to the, to the bush. Are you a bushman? But he was sensitive because he knew how he has been praying. It has been between him and the Holy Ghost and the father he was talking to. And so he moved over there. But we behave in a way sometimes God himself gets surprised whether our new birth was proper or wrongly done. May your prayer life receive fresh oxygen in the name of Jesus Christ. Now through Jesus Christ, the Lord, our Father, got the new creation. We have talked a lot about new creation. The new creation, that entire process or that project happened in the spirit of the man that received the word of God. And when he declared Jesus as Savior and Lord, then something happened in his spirit. His spirit was recreated. The issue of death had come to an end. New life was infused into the spirit of the man. And everything that held him down was cut off because at that moment God declared him acquitted and what? Discharged. When you are just acquitted, you could, you could be. You could be arrested as soon as you step out of the court courtroom. And sometimes the police will just withdraw their charge against you and the, the magistrate or the judge will now say, there's no case against you, you can go. As soon as you step out, they'll be waiting for you. They'll arrest you now and present fresh charges. So when you are dealing with the police, you'll be very careful. <laughs> I'm telling you. They will never tell you everything. Yes. But if they do that, they may also be creating problems in their investigations so okay this we discovered from our legal advice and the rest of them this thing will not fly so we withdraw and the magistrate will say that the police have withdrawn their and everybody will be excited that you step out there and they arrest you again he said magistrate why he said uh, it wasn't complete you should be acquitted and discharged God is the author of every atom of wisdom. So he knew what to do. He said, you are a person who has never sinned before. You are a new person. You are what? A new person. If you don't understand that one, Satan will put you in prison. That's the first thing you must understand. Jesus came to make us new people new people. He said you committed abortion. He said it is, it is not true. It is what? Not true. Why? The price has already been paid and you are not guilty of abortion. That should not make you excited to go and do one again. He said you killed somebody and Jesus said you are set free. You are justified. You are what? Justified. Just as if you never sinned. A new person is created. So you are a new person, a new creation. The one that people knew before is the one that died long ago before you came. 
Amen. You are new. And that brought you under a realm that you must also understand. It is the realm of Christ. Amen. You are a new person. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17. What does it say? If you can, just, just if you can, just say it, whatever you are. If any man be what? He is what? Uh-huh. All things are what? What is the meaning of pass away? Gone. A term. He said, what has happened? Behold, all things new. When you kneel down to pray or you stand to pray and the devil brings back things that happened in your life about 15 years ago, tell him that I never knew you were so much of a dummy. I didn't know that you were so stupid. Don't you understand what happened? You were there when you saw a new creation come out. And you were angry. Why are you still referring to them? If you are a historian, you better go and look for appointment at the University of Ghana. You go and lecture history. Because that end is gone and buried. It is completely gone. And God said, I will not remember it anymore. So a great woman of God, Corinne Timboon, in, his, in her, her book, made a statement. She said, when you are saved, God carries all your sins into the midst, the, the, the deepest part of the ocean and drop it there and now erect a signpost, a banner, no fishing here. So don't go and fish to bring back the things that happened. If you must stand back, it must be unto the glory of God by way of testimony. Paul says, I was the chiefest sinner. But see what God has done in me and with me. That's the only way, the only time you must talk about your attitude as it were before. What God has done in your life and why a murderer is now preaching life. One who was taking life, in now, that is the thing. Now if you have been brought to this realm, then it means that your entire life must take a new look. Including your prayer life. Are you there? Colossians 1 and verse 13. Let's read that together too. So a child of God cannot be delivered. Is it true? It's not true. <laughs> A child of God has been delivered. Amen. A child of God only has to renew his or her mind with the word of God to come to understand where God has placed him or her. The unbeliever needs deliverance. But we have been delivered and repositioned. Delivered and what? Repositioned. He took us from the region of the devil and brought us 
He cleansed us up completely and then brought us into the realm of God. The kingdom of his own dear son. That is where we belong. We belong to the kingdom of God and Christ is the chief of that place. And then he made us joint heirs with Christ. We stand to inherit everything that God has. Do you now understand why you should not be crying because of a little lack of food? Every time they say we are fasting, you have an excuse to make. So God now decides to withdraw food from you. So that you will learn how to do what? How to fast. And I know that he is going to withdraw some people's food. With the fasting that is coming up. Because you have made up your mind that you will not fast. Oh yeah? Some of you have made up your minds I am not going to fast. This is the only time you remember you have peptic ulcer. But I have never seen you pray and thank God for the peptic ulcer. Do you do that? Father, I thank you for the ulcer you gave me. You are a faithful God. Will you do that one? If you can't thank him for it, then it is not a good thing. And you must stand against it in prayer. You don't support it because of food. Let me make a confession to you. One day, I wanted to fast. Then one food just came into my throat. One food. And I said, I, I will shift my fasting to the, to the following day so that I can enjoy the food today. I mean, and then shift my fast. And I said, it's not God that asked me to fast. I'm the one who said I was going to fast. Hallelujah. The food was brought to me. I sat down before the food and the food was looking at me and I was looking at the food. We looked and looked and looked and looked and looked. Nobody could take any step. But will you be able to fast when you have swallowed the aroma and is demanding an increase in performance? You've been delivered from gluttony. That somebody is eating something doesn't mean you must have appetite for it. If I want to fast, I must go to the bush. Otherwise, oh yeah, somebody told me that once. He said, the aroma around will, will break my fast. I said, you have broken the fast already. Already. Praise God. But on a very serious note, friends, if you pronounce a fast for yourself and the course of the program you ate, don't blame yourself. Don't be guilty. Just stop and continue. No, serious. Serious. If something happened that demanded that you needed to take food to take your drug or something, Go ahead and take it and continue with your fast. It was not a divine instruction. You decided to fast. But God says fast. He takes care of everything. Of what? Everything. 
It renews your strength on a daily basis and you keep on going. That is why you must do everything in consultation with the Holy Ghost. Not that somebody, well, somebody stood there and said, I fasted for 10 days on water. He said, I will do it. Oh, it's not wrong to say you will do it. But ask the Lord, I want to do this. Holy Ghost, are you ready for me? Take instruction from him and then go ahead. Otherwise, you commit suicide on the way. That because you enter into self-imposed guilt and to affect your prayer life, you can't talk to Christ. There was no day he went on the fast and then somebody's food tempted him. And then he had to break the, the fast. No. Now, you are in a different world altogether. The world that has Christ as a head. And you are joint heads with Christ. So you have the name that he gave to us. He said, go in my name. So what is in that name? Is the name of Christ only meant for prayer? Is it that if you don't pray to him to do something, then you have rendered him redundant and of no effect? What is that name of Christ? Where did the name come from? How did he get to the name that we are talking about now? And what name indeed are you talking about? Jesus, the son of Mary, or Jesus, the exalted one? Which Jesus do you talk about? Before his birth, it was announced that he would be called Jesus. Because he would set his people free from sin. That was the operational name. Isaiah said that that child would be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. That was the announcement he came to make. My coming has brought God back to his people. But God said, your name is this. Now, after that work was done, he removed sins from us. After that, what next? Did Jesus come to an end? The Jesus you are calling now is not that same name that was given to him at birth. This name is stuffed. With authority, power, much more than what it was when he was alive. Let me quickly touch on that one and then I go to do what I want to do. He got the name that he gave to us one by inheritance. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 2 to 4. Hebrews 1, 2 to 4. Can we read that one? 
He's talking about God has in these last days spoken to us by who? Whom he has appointed heir of all what things? Through whom also he made the worlds. The next verse. Who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power when he had by himself purged our sins sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. He inherited authority. It is in that name. It was not there when he was walking on earth. His strength in his ministry on earth was the Holy Spirit. That is why we cannot ignore the Holy Ghost. We can't ignore him. If Jesus needed him to do the work that he did, how can you and I not decide not to just put him somewhere in a box and lock him up and tell him, Holy Spirit, is how far you can go. Stay here. Let me go and come according to Abraham. You stay here and wait for us. I and the child will go and come back to you. You don't need him. You are bound to enter into a ditch. Every single step you are taking in life should be referred to him first. If we can go down that far, we will avoid too many of the injuries that we bring upon ourselves. Hello? We will always want to take a step and then when challenges come, we, Holy Ghost, where are you? And then you begin to sing. Holy Spirit, I need you. Why didn't you need him before you step out? Glory to God. I'll be going for voice training very soon. Hallelujah. Go ahead, read that one, the next one, next verse. Yes. Having become what so much better than the angels, and he by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. He inherited it from the father. Which son will the father give his, his inheritance to or his heritage to? It is a son who has paid his due. Some fathers will look at some of their sons and say, if I hand over this thing to this boy, the vultures will come in immediately. And by the next one week, it will not be there. They will finish it. Your life is a showbiz. Every time people must see you and know what you carry. So you make noise everywhere. So you are into one ton living. What living? You are just spending and spending how? Any girl you see, you will want to receive some accolades from her. And so you spend your money. In the midst of friends, you want to show off what your father toiled for. 
day and night to accumulate within a very short time you will finish it so if your father sees that kind of trace in you he will rather not give you anything may your life be pleasing unto the Lord at all times so the power in his name was inherited so if you want to measure the power that is in the name of Jesus then you have known the power of God hello if you want to know the power to measure the power that is in, in Christ Jesus then you get to know that of God everything that was with God was put into that name will come to Philippians very soon Number two, he conquered the devil. In Colossians chapter 5 and verse 15, there was conquest. He conquered the devil and annexed every authority the devil was using before. That is why the devil has no authority now. He has a lot of tricks because he's been around for long. He was there before you came. Is it there 15? Colossians chapter 2 and verse 15. Can we read that together? He disarmed what? Of what? Of what? The authority they had because Adam graciously but woefully presented authority to the devil. So when Satan is doing his business, stop insulting him. He's a businessman. He was given permission by Adam. So if you want to avoid what he carries, then identify yourself with Christ. Then the devil will have no business with you. It's not as if he will leave you alone. He will still be coming. He will still be what? Every single day he has you in his project. The people he wants to destroy you are one of them. In case you don't know. Stop saying that everybody loves me is a lie. If everybody loves you, you are a man of no impact. Because that love we are talking about is not the agape type. They only like to be around with you that they can get what they can get from you. They are there. The same people who are flocking around you and saying things, oh daddy, we love you so much and are the same ones, the same, will now go and talk about you somewhere else. And when they are done, they come back to say, the Lord is on your side, sir. No weapon that the fashion against which shall prosper. They don't know at that point that they have already Organize one arrow to their own heart. Hallelujah. He conquered the devil. Conquered him. He conquered him. He said, if a strong man packs his goods into a warehouse, 
and he's fully armed and sits in front there, he will take one stronger than him to disarm him and set the captive there free. You can check Luke chapter 20, I mean 11 verse 21 and 22. It's also in Matthew. Luke 21, sorry, Luke 11, 21, 22. So Christ is a stronger than he who was able to disarm the devil. Took his arsenals, everything, and then set us free. We were captives. He came with an outstretched hand and took us out. And then he gave us a new look and gave us a new name. <laughs> and so he could declare the all power in heaven and on earth and beneath the earth have been given to me. You find that one where? Matthew 28 and verse what? 18? Yes. After that conquest, he came to declare all power. And now he added, go now in my name. Not just you go and, and, and weave Jesus on your shirt. In your shirt and you say, I'm carrying Jesus. No. He said, go in my name. The authority that is in my name is what you are going to go with. In your name. So we go in his name. And you must be conscious of that one. And Apostle uh, Peter and his team says. It is faith. Through faith in his name. That we are able to do this. Through what? Faith in his name. So you can have the name. And just have it. Without believing in the power that is in that name. And you just call it anyhow. There's a sister I, I know. Um. Well, as of last year, I know that she was here with the husband. They are Nigerians, but they've been in Ghana for quite some time. Now, I knew them back in Nigeria. Now, she said she was studying the, name, the power in the name of Jesus. And she went into deep meditation on that power. She did not know when her, her legs were lifted up. And lifted from the seat where she was sitting. She saw herself in the air. And fear gripped her so she came down to the seat. Something happened in the realms of the spirit. As she meditated on that name. So Jesus name is not just for prayer. Something more. Something what? More. And there are many, many more things that you take from him without necessarily praying. And that's the very important point I want to raise a little while from now. Hallelujah. And number three, he got that name through conferment. It was conferred. On him. In Philippians chapter 2. Verses 9 and 10. So. God also. Has highly. Exalted him. 
and give him a name which is above every name. That the name of Jesus, every knee should bow and every tongue should confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. A name was confirmed. I was telling pastor, I was reading one book by Kenneth Hagin and he said, he talked about, um, he talked about a young man who was not too old in the faith and in ministry, but was on fire for God. And the kind of revelation the Holy Ghost gave him concerning Jesus and concerning the name. And he said, he told Kenneth Hagin, he said, um, this is my car. You know the Americans will say automobile. This is my automobile here. I know how to drive. But my knowledge of driving can never make this vehicle move until this key is inserted at the right place and the writing is done. Then the car will move. And he said that is who Jesus is. He is the key to our spirituality. He is the key to our living. He is the key to the supernatural. He is the key to everything. When you allow him in the right place, he begins to move. And your life becomes sweatless and very simple. Jesus, how sweet that name sounds in the ears of the believer. Amazing. That is the key. That name is the key. It is the key to a great day. That you wake up in the morning and say, Lord, thank you because you have loaded this day with benefits. And I bless you because I am in your company. So I partake of the things of the day. That is not prayer. Is it prayer? It's not petition. You are not asking for it. You are placing a demand on that name. So one area that we as believers must understand is not knowing the name, knowing the power that is in the name and appropriating the power and authority in that name. And when it comes to that point, especially when you are into the manifestations of the supernatural, it's not time to pray. It is time to lay demand. To place demand. To tax Jesus. You gave me your name. Let that name begin to work now. And there are two examples we'll pick from the book of Acts. And we can talk and talk and talk and talk about the ministries of several other people who have walked on this earth. Whose ministries were so extraordinary because they had understanding of the name of Jesus. One man of God went into a psychiatric ward. And Dr. Les will be able to tell us much what happens over there. Without the injections that keep them docile and, and uh, whatever. That place is a battlefield. Somebody can just slap you anyhow. And without apology. He will slap you and if you talk, say, what were you doing here? In the first place, why did you come here? <laughs> Help me, there were. 
Hallelujah. You place a demand on the name. If you don't get anything at all today, get that one. We pray to the Father through Jesus. We petition the Father. We are asking for things from the Father. And he said, do that one through me. And when you do it, my Father will give to you so that your joy may be what? Full. And then you as a believer, you are in the operational dimensions of the kingdom. You place a demand on what? I think I have done a teaching in this assembly before placing a demand on the anointing. There are many people that just come to church and go away. Ask, nobody talk about my case. Hey, so if we are 5,000 people here, we'll be talking about everybody's case. No. You place a demand on the anointing that stands before you. The people you don't respect cannot be a blessing to you. No matter how much you pray. Let me say this one to you. I am not requesting, I am not campaigning for respect because I am respected by God. So what I'm talking about is for your own good. Don't despise people because of some carnal things that happen in your life. You despise the person stands. That person came with a solution to your problem. And because you don't have respect for that person, you sit down there and everybody is catching it and you are sitting down there because you are full of criticism. Your mind is choked with carnality and madness. You don't like some of these things when I'm talking to you and don't like them, but if you don't like them, then change. As long as you don't change, I will still be talking. Even when I close my mouth, you will open the mouth. Glory to God. There is no day I come here with the intention of talking to anybody anyhow. No, I don't do that. It is when I start talking. It's open wide your mouth and I'll feel it. <laughs> you don't like it. I'm your friend though. I'm your friend. I'm your friend. Praise God. Acts chapter 3. What's the story about? About who? Peter and John going to the, the temple at the hour of prayer. And that lame person, the cripple, who had been so from the mother's womb and has been sitting there for so many years. The man was 40 years old. So he had been a cripple for 40 years. And they were carrying him to that place, to the gate called Beautiful. And there was no beauty about this man. He was always there sitting in that place. This gate is called Beautiful, but his situation was very ugly. That's how many people can stay in church and sing all the praises and do all the dancing and shout all the hallelujah and call the name Jesus and nothing happens to them because their heart is not in the matter. 
Now the story says that John and uh, Peter and John they were going to pray, and when they got there, the man was there as usual, asking for arms. So he was looking at them, expecting them to hand over some money. And Peter and his brother said, "Look at us. Look at what us." He made a statement: "Silver and gold we don't have, but such as we have." We give to you. Take note of this scripture. Is it there? Silver and gold I do not have. But what I do have. I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and do what? And walk. Now. I don't have money. But there is something I have. I have the name of Jesus. I have that name. I have the name I have. I have the authority that is in it. Hey. This one is no query. It is intercession. They place demand on that gift of the name, of name, that gift. The name Jesus came to represent the Jesus who was walking physically with them. He was with them. He made provisions for them. When they were hungry, he fed them. If any of them happened to be sick, he would attend to the person. And now he left and he said, I'm not going to leave you comfortless. The Holy Ghost was coming, but he gave them authority. And that authority is in his name. So you can go and when you use that name, it is me that will be operating. When you pray to my father and you say in the name of Jesus, the father will see me as the one praying. Are you getting it now? So Jesus did not go and leave. By that name, he went, sat by the right hand of the father. And I will mention three things. I won't explain. At the appropriate time, the thing will be explained. If I want to explain that, we are not going now. Okay? Now, so, so the name is, you place a demand on, the, on it, especially when you are into supernatural demands. For instance, you are praying for a person who is sick. You need to lay a demand on that name. You gave me this name. That when I mention the name, everything must bow. And so, I must see everything bowing. As you are preparing to go for a meeting, I must see everything responding to the power that is in your name. You conquered the devil. You brought him under your feet. And he is also under my feet. I see him bowing as your name is mentioned. I remember I had one meeting some years ago. I call it the day of vengeance. That is what he told me to say. The day of what? I don't know. I had not experienced that thing before. The moment I shouted, today is the day of vengeance of the Lord. 
against every disobedience in your life. And I shouted in the name of Jesus and they began to fall everywhere. One person that fell that I can't forgive myself till now, even though she never got wounded, was a pregnant woman. She was very pregnant. You know, some people are pregnant, others are very pregnant, and others are most pregnant. I tell you, her stomach will announce itself before the person will arrive. She was carried from her seat. It was the name of Jesus that was at work. And he has not changed. He has what? He has not changed. I went to a meeting. A man of God just opened his mouth and he said, Lord Jesus, it is your time to glorify the Father. And then things began to happen. We must desire to get to such realms of the manifestation of the supernatural by placing demand on the power that is in that name. There is power. There is power. There is power. There's a song we used to sing, there is power mighty in that, in the what? Aha. In the blood of Jesus, Abby. Good. All right. And the book of Acts again, chapter 9, um, from verse 36 going. One precious daughter of the Lord passed on. What was her name? Dorcas. At that time, Peter was at Joppa, residing with Simon the Tanner. And then the people rejected the death of that woman. May people reject your death. That when they say this person has passed, never. Lord, it cannot happen. You've got to do something about this matter here. And out of it, because when you ask God now, you cannot say no. So you bring the person. Simon Wilgus' wife died and said that we didn't say goodbye. We didn't do what? Say, Jesus, you can't take her now. We didn't say goodbye. Give her back to me. And the woman woke up. And they talked and they said goodbye. And she went back again. And that was all. She was dead. Now, people have walked such dimensions. And we are reading about them. We must pay the price because God is no respecter of persons. Amen. God is no respecter of persons. The, the Living Faith Church, uh, there's Winners Chapel International that you know over here, took a new turn. Um, in the year 1996 when the Bible school students were empowered and sent into town in Lagos they went with their mantles and with their oil and within one month 10,000 people were in church they were everywhere raising the dead we did that kind of teaching here at the Bible school um, Word of Faith Bible Institute here in Accra and one brother who is now a pastor went out looking for mad people and God used him to restore mad people he took them one of them to his house gave him a bath gave him a dress and the fellow was in church for a long time I don't know where he is now it is in your hand that the miracles will take place 
But you first must embrace the power that is in that name and know that it is not for any pastor. It's not for any evangelist. It's not for any prophet. It is for the believer. We have so much brought ourselves so low that we cannot do anything. Somebody else must do it and then we watch. That's the reason why when you come to church and we are watching, we are watching. When preaching is going, you are watching. You have become a watcher. Peter went to that place, sent people out of the room, and then placed a demand on Christ. What did you see? What did you see? Yeah. Let's read that one, that verse together. When she saw Peter, she sat down. And Peter instructed that they should give her food to eat. Handed her over to the people. The people were standing with artifacts. Things that the lady had sold for them and the rest. And showing God, how can this person go? So they sent for Peter. And Peter came. And he placed a demand on that name. The Bible says he prayed. That's on his own. And now place a demand. This one cannot go. When you do it once, it doesn't work. Go again and do it. Keep on doing it. Keep on doing it. And always remember that he is more anxious to be a blessing to people than you are to present him. These two examples of placing demand on the name, the power in that name, is something very serious that we've got to take note of. So number one, when you are praying and you pray in the name of Jesus Christ, it's as if Jesus is the one praying. The Father sees him praying and he will honor that prayer. When you place a demand on him, he must glorify himself. Answers will have to come. Jesus is as he was before, but more effective than where he was on earth. At the moment, he sits at the right hand of the majesty of the Lord. He is our mediator. He is our advocate. He is our intercessor. And he is our Lord. He occupies those dimensions of office. One day, we'll talk about the present day ministry of Jesus. And who are the people who are working with him in this regard? We are the ones. The believers. When it is time to intercede, you are doing the intercession with Jesus and with the Holy Ghost. It must be an area you should not run away from at all. You can't be serving that way and then he will leave you without any announcement. He must leave a testimony with you. One sure way of entering the realms of the supernatural is to engage in heartfelt intercession for people, for the kingdom, 
and for anything you can think about. Your nation, stop just criticizing the politicians. Pray for soundness of mind and deliverance for wanton living. Because the money is not their money, it is your money. It's the taxes you pay, the ones that your parents have paid, the ones that your church has paid if you are paying tax. It's not their money. And you watch them, you watch, all you say is that they carry guests about. Of course, they carry. It's your complaining who bring a solution. Pray for them. Those who will not change, let God carry them. You owe Ghana and you must be ready to pay with intercession. If you can fast one day in a month praying for Ghana, the too much talk will end. We are not aiming at that one. We are doing something else. I'll go through here. 